This is Ed Cohen, your broadcast host on GlobalRadioTalkShow.com, a broadcast news service of GlobalHRNews.com. I'm in San Diego, California. Today is January 24th, and we're speaking with Angie Weinberger in Zurich, Switzerland. Hello, Ed. Thanks for inviting me to the show. It's so good. We've been wanting to do this for so long. Here we are. I think we've been trying for the last two years to connect. Uh, but we've gotten better, both of us, I'm sure, <laughs> over that period Absolutely. of time. So Angie Weinberger is a longtime mobility industry professional, recognized subject expert. She's also an author. It says here on LinkedIn, expat lifeline founder. Angie, what does that mean? Okay, so expat lifeline, that's just something I thought about. As sometimes I feel like I'm the last straw. When an expat or an expat spouse is desperate in culture shock or needs support, they contact me. So you're also author, publisher of the Global Mobility Workbook, and I'm looking at the cover of the third edition. So how is the third edition different than number one and two? First of all, you probably saw it's really looking more like a book now. So previously, it looked really like something, you know, you would use in the university setting. Now, we also added a lot of new great chapters on expat experience, the whole topic about, you know, what you need to prepare expats and their spouses, and a whole new toolbox that you can get from us when you buy the books. I see. And this is an ebook, or is it also available? At it's a, book? a real book. It doesn't even exist as an ebook. I get you. Okay, good. Yeah. So people can get it for you? If it's a single order or if it's for a course, for example, and more than 10, we have a website where you can also order in bulk. All right. And the title, again, is The Global Mobility Workbook. And on the cover, highlighting talent, market, lifestyle, sourcing. Please do a deep dive with me for a few minutes. Talent, market, lifestyle, sourcing. These are the key elements when you go on assignment, right? Right. These are basically what we call the global mobility drivers. Sometimes that's also referred to as the business case for global mobility. And what I learned over my career is that if you understand the real driver of an assignment, everything else that you discuss with the expat is very easy. The package, et cetera, et cetera. So the driver means what to you? So for example, If we look at lifestyle that is becoming more and more popular, that would be, for example, an expat spouse where the partner has already been offered an assignment to one company and the spouse says, well, you know, my partner's in Singapore for two years. Can I also go to Singapore for two years so that we can be together? So it's more driven by a personal decision rather than the need of the company, but the company still wants to support it. Okay. And the market, what does that mean? So that would be, I guess, what you would think as the classical long-term assignment where you send someone into a new market. So, for example, in the banking industry to India so that they develop client relationships and develop a new operation in a new market. Usually, these would be the more strategic assignments with senior management 
also usually associated with a longer term package and a longer duration between three to five years normally. We're speaking with Angie Weinberger. She's lectured on global mobility in Holland, France, and Switzerland. She's coached over 200 expats, expat partners, and other globally mobile professionals. She has also prepared managers and their spouses to work in Switzerland with living and working in Switzerland courses. Do you want to chat a little bit about the courses? Are they live? Usually, I'm a bit old-fashioned, Ed, so as you probably remember, I like to connect with people directly. And so my preference is to do actually small groups or even work with couples directly. So for courses on living and working in Switzerland, this would be up to 14 people in the room. And it's a real classroom training where we focus on building intercultural competence, but also understanding the Swiss culture better. So it's not just women, right? No. If you think of expat partners, actually, there was a shift in my population, probably, uh, I would say, three, four years ago, where I noticed that I'm actually coaching even more male expat spouses than female spouses. And I work with both. I work with expats. I work with expat spouses. I work with companies and global mobility professionals as well. I'm reading here that you've developed three specific coaching programs with online content like Rock Me, Fly Me, yeah. Hire Me. Boy, this is cool. What's Rock Me about? So Rock Me is basically for anybody who is in a transition phase in their life and work. If you have, for example, take a global manager who used to maybe come from France, work in Germany, and then was assigned to a new role in Switzerland and going through a transition professionally, then I support them, you know, with getting back on track, setting their targets, setting their goals for the year, but also their developmental needs. Basically, executive coaching for people in a globally mobile context. And Fly Me, what's that? Yeah, so Fly Me, that has to do with uh, global mobility professionals. As you know, our industry has been usually a bit underestimated. People in our field, they were put into service centers 20 years ago when we had the day-foolish models in all countries, all corporations. So I'm actually trying to help low mobility professionals to become more strategic, to be able to speak to managers at an eye-to-eye level. Some of them, they might have even questions on additional educations that they can take in Europe. And basically a coaching program, a developmental program for club mobility professionals. So once again, we're talking with Angie Angela Weinberger, and you can check her out on LinkedIn, A-N-G-E-L-A-W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G-E-R, Angela Weinberger on LinkedIn. And Hire Me, that has to do with expat spouses, right? Yeah, so that was developed for expat spouses, mainly to help them when they're newly arrived in Switzerland and they do not understand the market here to find a job here. Or some of them even start their own business. And from that one, I developed also the Global Career Workbook, which you might have also seen. So this is basically the program for finding a job in a market that you do not understand. Boy, what a resource you are. This is really cool. Okay, so 
people can set up a meeting with you, right, if they're interested. Absolutely. We can work from anywhere these days. Today I was talking to somebody who sits in Madrid, another person in France. This is nice about this profession. You can just deal with the whole world in one day. Yeah, it's, it's one thing I totally love about working in, in club mobility. So before we do a deep dive, you've recently written an article on the Brexit effect. How's that impacting your business and how's it impacting Switzerland, the Brexit? So, yeah, so first of all, you know, from a technical perspective, obviously it changes a lot of international assignments into the UK, out of the UK. In one of my projects where I'm currently working, we also have to look at the overall population, if somebody would be affected as an individual by the change. And there are so many question marks, for example, in the social security and How do we deal with things going forward when we want to send somebody to the UK? So it is very interesting professionally, but also quite challenging. And the the thing why I wanted to write this article is because I feel as global mobility professionals, we could basically have more of an opinion on these matters. That's what triggered actually the article. So do you think it'll be an end to unrestricted movement? You know, I say that because I remember it wasn't, it seemed like it was not that long ago. I was in Geneva and Mm -hmm. I crossed over towards Evian on that side of the lake and I had to show a passport (laughs) and then we had free movement and then nothing. So do you think we're going back to the border guards? Actually, that's a topic I'm concerned about that we're losing some of the freedom that we had developed with the European free movement, but also with Schengen. So as long as I can do something about it, I would say don't go back to the 1950s. It, is, it would be a shame. And yeah, border controls is one thing, but I think, yeah. you know, all these protectionist ideas about reducing immigration into certain labor markets and protecting your own labor market, I really think it's big step back from where we were maybe 15 years ago. Well, I hope you're right. And we look forward to the next chapters, that's for sure. So now I want to ask you about the golden circle as a basis for communication. What's that about? Yeah, so this is Simon Sinek, based on Simon Sinek's book, um, Start With The Why. He published that in 2009. And For me, listening to his TED talk was an epiphany, basically, because what I took away from that is that we need to learn to communicate in a different way if we want to engage audience. And engaging audience could be, as a global mobility professional, trying to convince your management board of the new policy, for example. So what Simon Sinek is talking about is that we have to start with the why, and basically that's the purpose of why we're doing something. Instead of, and that's a tendency we all have, just talking about the what we're doing or how we're doing something. It's a very simple model, but it's very effective in communication if you take it as a basis of a communication that you're planning to do. I look forward to learning more. So do, do you tell stories as an example? Yeah. So first of all, you know, when you have clarity on why something is important to you, for example, 
the reason for me to start my own business out of a really good position was because I felt there was this huge gap in global mobility policies and what expats actually experienced for their personal development. And somehow over the years, I felt in job mobility, we couldn't come to a conclusion or an improvement of this issue. And it's usually felt mainly for people repatriating after having been abroad for several years. And so I thought, okay, what can we do about this? And this was a very strong trigger for me to start my own company. And so, you know, now I would probably tell the story of one or two expats that I've met in order to bring the topic across. Well, you know, instead of, for example, saying 70% of expat spouses profit from a spousal career program when they join a host country, you could tell the story of a client who was desperate coming to Switzerland as someone with a very good professional background, couldn't find a job, and then started their own business and was happy afterwards. Tell us about branding. How does that impact things these days? Because the employer brand, the country brand, personal brand, how does all this relate as a basis for communications? So I think from professional perspective, there are different areas of branding. A global mobility team, because we used to hide in the shadows and just do our work, I think, you know, we can all improve our branding, which is why I have a lecture on this topic in the Erasmus program in Rotterdam. But I think what is important to understand that an individual is not a brand. The brand is something that survives the individual, that is at the end of the day more than the individual. And even though you can be identified with a brand and have a strong connection with a brand, it doesn't necessarily define you. And I think that's why, you know, I think it's important to remember if you want to build a brand, it's something that you do as a team, but it's more than yourself. It's not just you. Interesting, isn't it? Well, so what do you see for 2020 in global mobility? Well, I just read this really good article that I also quoted in Brexit topic in the International HR Advisor. I'm concerned that we are on the crossroad between extinction and expansion. I always see the potential for us to move into a lot of new areas. However, there's also, especially because of those tendencies and protectionist movements, there's also the danger that we are pushed back into a more administrative role than where we want to be as club mobility professionals. And what about the internet and working remotely that is enabling, and of course, the growth of local populations who are educated and well-trained, it's reducing the need for long-term relocations. But certainly, I see companies looking to rotate people into a position. Mm -hmm. And they use it as a training and development rather than as a long-term relocation. It's, you know, there's a position that's necessary over there, wherever that is. And rather than send an executive, they're using it to send young people for six months or a year at a time, yeah. maybe a team. And then they use that experience, bring it back to U.S., for instance, or somewhere else. And then they train others in the company about what they learned. It's a different program. I think 
there's definitely a tendency to have more early mobility. Younger people abroad or more junior people in an earlier stage of their career and also to have shorter assignments and more virtual assignments. However, I still think we also continue to have long-term assignments. And also we have a lot of international transfers these days, which means go abroad, but with a local contract. So these are all areas where our expertise is needed and where our expertise is helpful, which is why I personally think we are going to remain relevant or become even more relevant. We just have to show that expertise to the people who can make decisions. And that's not only within the human resources department. I think we have to think even bigger. I agree with you. I see it. And in our local conferences and meetings, for instance, just yesterday up in San Francisco, which is about a one-hour plane ride for me, we produced one of our global HR meetings. And it was a practice just like you, small group dynamics, much better for clearer communications, especially as people come together as strangers and then through rapport and idea exchange, people leave as friends with new connections. So I'm seeing it as global talent pipeline development from some cases acquisition and onboarding all the way through development and training to then coming back in and rotating. And it's workforce strategy, workforce management. And I also wanna ask you to go back to something you just mentioned about international transfers. So what's wrong with that? <laughs> well, generally, it's not so bad. And I'm one of those people. I'm not sure if you're aware, but I moved with uh, PwC from Germany to Switzerland 10 years ago on a global contract. However, there are a few disadvantages, especially if you do that more than once in your career. Like, for example, you know, I have friends who have three or four different countries where they've worked in. And so, you know, once they get into retirement age, they will have to claim their social security benefits from four different countries. And it also poses some risks that I think if you're aware of them and if you accept them, especially at a younger age, it doesn't really, it's not a big concern. However, if you sort of getting into your 40s, it's probably not the best idea to accept an international transfer contract. Talking with Angie Weinberger, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, I want to give you the opportunity to bring something up here. If I forgot to ask you something, tell me what's going on in Europe in terms of PR connected with the viability of the global mobility profession. It seems like there's a lot going on. Yeah. And, you know, uh, speaking of branding, I also think, you know, we have a discussion here about how do we brand our profession? And there's this discussion where we say, shouldn't we call ourselves talent mobility? But I feel like talent has a different connotation in different contexts. And I would prefer if we continue to call ourselves global mobility and that we are also branding us the same way across the world, build up some like a professional guilt where we also have standards and representation, basically, similar like HR organizations. 
because I feel that otherwise we probably won't get the recognition that we deserve in the world. Angie, thank you so much for being our guest today on globalradiotalkshow.com. It's really a privilege for me to have you as a guest and to have your insight. Angie's company is globalpeopletransitions.com, helping expats with their career transitions. I think you're dynamite. And thanks again for being our guest on globalradiotalkshow.com. Thank you, Ed. Thanks for having me. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Thanks. Yes, I think to myself What a wonderful